Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise. Welcome to the EM360 podcast, where we have a weekly conversation with people who are impacting the enterprise tech landscape. Make sure you stay up to date with all of our latest episodes by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you go for your podcast needs. My name is Matt Harris, content producer here at EM360 and your host on this podcast. Today, I'm excited to be joined by Giuseppe Mora, Director of Solution Engineering at Streamsets. We're going to be talking about analytics and data democratization. Giuseppe, welcome to the show. Thank you. Could you just give us a little background on um, who you are and what you do at Streamsets? Yes, of course. So as mentioned, my name is uh, Giuseppe Mora. I've uh, been at Streamsets now for... Uh, over three years, and uh, uh, I manage the team of solution engineers that helps our customers understand our technology and test it, um, prove it out against a range of different use cases they may have. Uh, so we're a group of uh, skilled uh, engineers, mostly coming from data management background, bringing a, a range of skills um, across various disciplines related to data management. Typically, our engineers have um, a past experience with uh, big data technologies, analytics, tools, uh, as well as uh, uh, cloud uh, systems, uh, ecosystems, and, and, and tooling, uh, which are all relevant to the audience that uh, probably is listening to this podcast. I think that's um, uh, actually, interestingly, uh, we, we have seen a lot of change over the last few years. And, and one of the things that we really want to talk about is uh, how do some of these changes affect uh, the, the technology landscape and how the technology landscape needs to uh, enable that drive towards uh, data democratization. And I'm sure that the audience will have a, a, a keen interest on how, how do we interpret and understand and, and uh, deliver that, I guess. Yeah, so of course, that's the subject of today's podcast. And just to jump straight in, uh, according to an Inc.com study, 73% of company data goes unused for analytics. How, how can we get that number down using the democratization of data? Well, there's lots of aspects to that. So, so first of all, the, the, the number itself is, is quite interesting, quite revealing. So, uh, and we do see this in our customer base. So a, a lot of data is being gathered through for example, uh, IoT devices uh, sending sending data. It could be uh, anything from connected cars to uh, smart metering to any anything else that we can think of. Um, and uh, organizations have put in place uh, t- uh, tools to capture the information and maybe store it into uh, I don't know data lakes or some other kind of storage device. Um, but interestingly, the data are then not utilized. So. The premise of collecting all this data was that um, uh, organizations would be able to exploit it uh, for analytics, understanding their customer, the products, uh, uh, behavior, etc., much much better. Um, so, what what can we do to uh, improve? Uh, and and actually get to utilize that data better. L- lots of different things. Uh, uh, cl- clearly, organizing the data better, making it available uh, in easier ways to uh, provide easier ways to consume the data, uh, and uh, also, of course, um, probably cataloging and um, 
the, the data that we store better. Um, and, and those are all o operations that we should be talking about, um, you know, in the course of this uh, session. Uh, I think actually one, one interesting aspect of this, and, and perhaps another point for reflection is coming from some uh, research done by Gardner, who actually say that um, it's a bit of a prediction, but we are actually seeing it, it uh, seeing it happening as, as, you know, we observe our customers. Um, they're saying by 2024, 80% of technology products and services will be built by, uh, by people that are not actually technology professionals. And I think the two things are linked. So, so what's actually happened is that uh, companies have put in place IT systems to capture a lot of information and store it somewhere. Uh, but what we are now witnessing is that that data is being accessed by a broader range of users. Uh, mm. a much broader range of users who are not uh, in the IT department anymore. Uh, so that comes with all sorts of questions around, well, who are these users? What kind of tools do they need to use uh, in order to access that data? And are those tools in place? And it's not just about tools, of course. It's um, methods, processes, practices, and so on. Um, but I think that that is quite an interesting one. And... Uh, if I can offer another piece of, of research here that um, is probably quite useful to understand the context that we're working in is that uh, Vantana, for example, say that over the next couple of years, awareness of data ops will continue to increase and organizations will uh, adapt their integration and engineering processes to the, towards the need to enable continuous and automated data ingestion, transformation, and delivery. So, so there are a, a couple of points here that I think are really relevant. One is lots and lots of data um, is being sourced and landed somewhere. Uh, there is a need for a broader range of users to access that information and transform raw data into something that is usable uh, for driving decision-making, analytics, improvement of uh, applications and processes. And that process needs to be automated. It needs to be following some practices that uh, Vantana referred to as data ops. We refer to that as data ops. We've been talking about that for a number of years now. Uh, we can talk a little bit about data ops, uh, if you like, Matt, um, and maybe frame a little bit what we mean by that. Hmm. Yeah, I was going to ask kind of around data ops, how will the demand for that increase as organizations adapt their data ingestion and integration processes? I think it's it's worth taking a, a, a step to kind of describe what we mean by data ops, right? So uh, obviously uh, terms like uh, data ops are born out of adapting or adopting the concepts of DevOps, so continuous integration, continuous delivery, automation, control around the DevOps process, but applying that to data. So uh, as uh, it's quite obvious that as we have more data, as we add more users uh, acting and operating on data, we actually need to put some kind of practices around it that ensure that we end up with better quality 
outcomes. So that's really what uh, data ops is about. So it's about um, making things happen faster and uh, in an automated fashion uh, with higher degree of control um, over the process end to end. So the, the way that I would interpret it uh, is that it's about taking care of three aspects. One is making it easier for that broader range of consumers to consume data and specifically transform data from raw format from you know the IoT data that is coming in from the transactions coming from your banking system, whatever it is, uh, into something that is useful and usable in a analytical process. So that's the first thing. So make, making it easier. The second thing is uh, about automating the end-to-end -end process. So it's not just about prototyping things. It's all very well saying, hey, let's put some tools in the hands of uh, a business user or a skilled business user, IT skilled business user, let's say. But then if they prototype something and we have no means to get that into some kind of production uh, or production ready state, then all that investment is actually just fragmenting, is just you know building point solutions that are not scalable, then that doesn't work at enterprise level. Right? And then the third thing, uh, which is really connected to the whole aspect of data ops that we, we talk about is, is actually realizing that there is a huge amount of change um, in infrastructure, in data standards, in technologies, in, you know, think about 10 years ago, we, uh, we were talking about data warehouses in classic sort of relational databases or maybe... Uh, you know, the emergence of um, columnar databases running on-premises. Well, wind four was 10 years. We've been through the hype cycle and, you know, massive explosion of big data uh, on-premise on clusters. And then now we have practic practically nobody actually looking at Hadoop systems on their own anymore and just adopting, you know, uh, big data systems in, in the cloud, right? Massive change. So whatever we do needs to insulate whatever we build from that rate of change. And that change is not stopping, right? It's accelerating, actually. It's, there's, there's more and more happening. So we need to think about that. And obviously, you've covered some of the, the benefits and some of the pitfalls um, there. Uh, I just wanted to sort of cover what steps could companies utilize to help set up their data democratization strategy? Uh, look, I think that there are uh, lots of steps and organizations obviously will, you know, probably bring in, you know, some consult consultants, maybe uh, looking at their digital transformation and they're looking at analytics and how they can do things better. Um, and, and different, you know, different consultants may, may have slightly different approaches. I, I think that there are a number of, of steps that, that we need to take. Uh, we really certainly need to look at uh, one is the process and one is the people that we bring in uh, to to bring to bear on, on this and, and, and the people that would benefit from this. So we probably need to, to think about both aspects. In terms of process, uh, clearly, you know, we need to understand where the data 
actually reside, which data is relevant, which data should be unlocked and used. So there is an aspect of here of, of governance around it. There is a, of um, building a, a map as to the data that we have um, and that we need to make available for analytics. Okay. Uh, we as stream sets um, don't typically get involved in that process. It's certainly something that, you know, there are um, obviously other, uh, there are specific tools out of the companies that focus on the maybe governance, discovery aspects, uh, uh, maybe cataloging aspects of, uh, of the data that organizations have. And bearing in mind that when we're talking about data today, we're not just talking about internal systems, we're talking about data that may come from uh, the outside of the organization. So it could be market data, data providers, etc. So a huge amount of data. Um, a big part of uh, the data is on systems that we know and our legacy systems or uh, the core systems that we have. Uh, so presumably we have a good understanding of what they are, but we need to unlock the data within those. Um, and here we're talking about probably the step where we start to get involved in, right, uh, as, as stream sets. And, and what, what do we do? We, we ensure that we, we can connect to uh, those big relational databases, for example, supporting ERP platforms, core banking platforms, whatever, whatever you know, core, core systems that drive the business. It could be CRM applications, um, marketing applications, et cetera. Uh, so the first step I would say is, is of course, unlocking the, the value of the data in these big silos of, of data, um, which is, uh, you know, typically the data that, that is organized in, um, in such a way to support the business process. So whether it's ERP, you know, uh, order to cash, or, you know, uh, it could be CRM sort of customer interaction data. Uh, so unlocking the data, get, getting access to, to the data and bringing it to, into a place where it can be and in a state where it can be accessed and used by a broader range of consumers those analysts, those business users who may need to analyze and, and work with. And, and we are talking about probably the, 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 the users that use that data in a minute. Uh, so bringing the data into some kind of analytical platform, um, and, and we've seen a big change there. We talked about a little bit about big data systems, Hadoop systems a few years ago, wind forward a little bit. Uh, the landscape has changed. We are now talking about um, things such as lake houses. We are talking about data clouds, depending on you know the vendor that, that you talk to. They might have a slightly different uh, nuance uh, way of talking about it. But clearly, uh, the market has evolved, and our customers are certainly adopting you know technologies that can range from the um, big cloud data warehouses like uh, Snowflake or query or something like that or redshift or 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 lake houses and and you know uh, databricks have, uh, for example have got a great story there so so but but that's a container there's uh, there's a whole aspect of how do you then organize and transform the data to ensure that you you then promote usage of the data and promote self-service and that's the other aspect is promoting self-service. So, and, and Giuseppe, how does this all fit into uh, self-serve? Where, where does self-serve come into this? 
Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. So that that's really uh, the key element to drive democratization, isn't it? Uh, so if, we, if we're talking about data democratization, uh, long word, apologies for that. <laughs> um, what do we mean? Of course, we, we mean that there is a broader uh, range of users and uh, that, that have access to data. So in, in, in order uh, for that to happen, uh, we need uh, a different set of tools and capabilities. Uh, you think uh, about self-service. You think about self-service of BI, for example. It's certainly something that we have experienced over the last few years. You know, as people started using reporting tools that deliver and enable them to access reports and dashboards and maybe slicing in data to support their own specific requirements. Great. That, that is one aspect of that. But the other big aspect is how do you actually deliver self-service for all aspects of data, the data integration pipeline that enable a broader range of users to access that wealth of data, especially that untapped wealth of data. Remember the 73% number that we were talking about, uh, access all those data and bring them into a system that enables them to transform, enrich, cleanse, make data available uh, for analytics. Part of that is, you know, supporting users like data scientists who are, who are really data experts, uh, um, maybe statisticians, etc. But it's also a broad range of um, line of business aligned uh, consumers of data integration and data manipulation needs. And that's really where we need to drive the self-service element, which is something that um, organizations have uh, struggled to do in the past because there weren't really tools that were easy enough to use uh, and that w were easy enough to operationalize. But I think we are breaking the back of that and we're getting there now. And I know you mentioned earlier about uh, the people. Now, obviously, with democratization, that, that can be a big challenge because obviously you are involving non-IT native and non-DevOps experts in yeah. this. Um, what's the kind of best way to bring them in and provide them with the right tools? Uh, look, the, the fact is that, you know, people have been kind of looking for ways of doing these kind of things for a long time. Um, what we what we find is that in large organizations and small organizations as well, there's always um, a constituent of really smart tech-savvy line of business folks who have been working around the lack of tooling or speed of delivery of maybe central IT uh, folks and have built point solutions to deliver data to support, you know, marketing campaigns or, you know, the adoption of a new tool in HR or something else, right? So this has always happened. Mm. It's not new. Well, what's different now is that we finally have the tools to 
put it to the hands of those people that will then enable those solutions that they prototype and build to become industrial strength, enterprise-ready kind of solutions. So that's a big difference, isn't it? In, in, the, in the past, people did develop you know, Excel macros and scripts and things like that. But how do you operationalize? How do you maintain? How do you ensure that this stuff keeps, you know, the lights on? Um, All those point solutions were historically very brittle, uh, very fragmented, very uh, prone to change, to to, to disruption, right? So whenever, you know, the vendor added uh, a column in in an object somewhere, or the integration broke down, right? So, so how can we mm. do things differently? Well, we, we've been really busy at doing that for the last five or six years. So what we've done is um, uh, built an entire platform that has a, an easy enough to use interface that a non-developer can, can use. And that's the first, first thing. Very important. But the second aspect is, and this is really, really important, is that not only it needs to support the, the non-developer, the, the, you know, doesn't require a Java developer or a Python developer to build a pipeline that moves data from A to B and applies maybe some, I don't know, data masking or cleansing in, in the process, but also ensure mm. that that pipeline can then be deployed straight from, you know, a prototype phase with minimal additional work into a production system. I think that that is a big, big difference that we see, um, you know, uh, and that's certainly something the stream sets have been really, really good at at doing over the last few years, building up, enabling tools that can be put in the hands of a broad range of consumers. uh, So not just the usual constituents that would you would expect to use data integration tools like data engineers. Of course, we will have always data engineers uh, using these kind of tools. But now we are extending the usage towards line of business people who are maybe not really experts of, you know, uh, distributed systems, big data systems. They're not, they don't have a Spark background. They don't have, you know, Scala development background. Uh, but what they do bring to the table is that they probably are the ones that actually understand their data the most. So obviously, Giuseppe, uh, you just talked about obviously how uh, stream sets kind of fits into the equation here. Could you give us some real world examples of how you've implemented these principles and strategies? Uh, yeah, that's a, a good, very good question. So, you know, we, we have um, implemented stream sets across now a range of medium to large enterprises. Um, And uh, the interesting thing that has emerged as a a trend across our customer base is something that we started talking about. uh, And I think it probably can mention the name. For example, we we started talking with um, um, NatWest probably a couple of years back about federated data engineering. As an example, and and uh, I know that they've spoken uh, about their experience uh, before, and it's very interesting the way that they're looking at data integration and driving data integration and data management into into the lines of business and uh, uh, and uh, uh, business community 
so and they're not the only one we're, we're doing the same across um you know different sectors so uh for, for the audience benefit we, we provide you know general data integration uh capabilities wrapped within our data ops platforms supporting all all types of data not not just financial data large adoption in um, uh, retail manufacturing telecom companies so going back to, a little bit to the federated data engineering what, what do we mean by that is really p- uh, pushing the responsibility and and the benefit of uh building data analytics and data enge- and data engineering efforts into into the lines of business uh, and, and business aligned um skilled staff uh performing the delivery so we're not necessarily saying that the business user who is sitting on the phone with the customer is going to build data integration, right? No, that's not what we're saying. But uh, what we're saying is that uh, a line of business organization will probably have a much better understanding of of the data that they need, the data that they generate, the data that they need to acquire in order to, you know, improve their processes, their customer interaction, or you know, product design. They will understand that much, much better than a centralized IT system that is removed from from the frontline business. As such, uh, these organizations are adopting our technologies uh, to enable that and. What what this means is really that we have this broader range of consumers using our data integration technology. So clearly they uh, appreciate the fact that uh, we provide a very flexible platform that provides uh, a sort of a WYSIWYG kind of interface, which allows users to drop things on Canvas and and, and design data processing pipelines. Um, But what then happens in the background is that those pipelines are most likely checked for adherence to company standards, design patterns, best practices, and so on. And they're easily then deployed into back-end data processing capabilities. We, we, we talk about our engines, but that, you know the, the, the fact is that there is a data processing capacity in the background uh, that runs these pipelines, and this these pipelines are operated uh, as as any other I, IT managed service, right? So they have high level of availability, operational availability, security, you know, deployment to meet the standards of the enterprise, um, uh, utilizing the compute resources that that specific organization may may have. And those can vary between, you know, organizations that are using still on-premises systems to organizations that have moved wholly to the cloud and maybe on, you know, uh, AWS or Azure or or Google Cloud. Um, Doesn't really matter. Lots of our organizations actually still in between and, and actually having hybrid compute uh, requirements, uh, and that, that's that's where we fit in, of course, bridging bridging all those gaps. But the key key element is uh, devolved the development devolved the development of of these pipelines to the lines of business, and then have some skeleton service operating within a, a centralized uh, you know IT, IT service that that runs the platform. So minimal mm-hmm. administration 
of the platform because the platform has evolved to be really quite uh, lightweight in terms of uh, management overheads uh, and the design effort being done by the people that understand and know the data and, and, and the business processes that need to happen uh, and operate on the data. Mm-hmm. I think that's some very, very valuable insights you've just um, given. Uh, thank you so much for sort of, you know, giving us that kind of insight into uh, today's topic, Giuseppe. Thank you very much. I hope that uh, I've been able to answer the questions uh, reasonably. Uh, yeah, no, no, I, I think you have too. And, um, and obviously, thank you to our beautiful audience for listening. We hope you took a lot today from today's discussion. But for further information on what we've discussed today, head on over to streamsets.com. We'll be back next week with another episode. But in the meantime, please join the conversation at EM360 on Twitter and LinkedIn. And for more great daily content, head on over to em360tech.com.